You're about to listen to another inspiring word from House on the Rock Church, the London Lighthouse. For more information and interaction with House on the Rock, please visit our website on hotr.org.uk. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 15. Hallelujah. Blessed be God. We're reading from verse 21 to verse 28 of Matthew chapter 15. Woo! Hallelujah. I want to welcome all those that are joining us online on Facebook, on YouTube. Thank you so much for tuning in. Go out of your way right now to really invite other people to join us because there's a mighty word coming their way that will be a blessing to them. Amen and amen. Blessed be God. Hallelujah. Matthew 15, verse 21 to 28. Here begin after the reading of God's holy word. Then Jesus went out from there and departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region and cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. But he answered her, Not a word. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she cries out after us. But he answered and said, I am not sent except (laughs) to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. And she said, yes, Lord, I agree with you, yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from the master's table. Then Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. Hallelujah. I believe, God, something is going to happen even in this hour. If you believe it, come and shout amen. I believe there's going to be a shift. I believe there's going to be a lifting of the head. I believe there's going to be a destruction of yokes. If you believe it, come and give God the glory. I want you to get ready for 24-hour miracles, sudden turnarounds, and suddenly there was a sound from heaven and a rushing mighty wings, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Today is Pentecost, and the Holy Ghost is about to fill someone online, on Facebook, on YouTube, or in the house to the overflow today. If it's you I'm prophesying to, come and shout, yeah. We are about to be ushered into a season of suddenlies, sudden turnaround, sudden liftings, sudden delivery, sudden deliverance. If you believe it, once again, express your faith with a shout of praise. 
stay with me for a few more moments. Uh, the woman in our text uh, besought Jesus for a miracle, uh, uh, but Jesus ignored her. And the disciples said, send her away. And Jesus said that uh, uh, my assignment is not uh, uh, to her. She's a Gentile. She's a Syrophoenician woman. She's an alien to the commonwealth of Israel. But this woman still persisted in pursuing Jesus. And Jesus went on to say that it is not right to give the children's bread to the dogs. Ah, yeah. This is where most of us would have turned around. This is where most of us would have stopped and said, okay, no more of this insult. But not this woman. This woman persisted and insisted and said that even the little dogs eat of the crumbs that fall from the master's table. Jesus could, could say no, no longer. He exclaimed at her great faith. This was a faith that broke barriers, that leaped over walls, that did not turn around even at insult, that persisted against all odds. This was so great faith. Does anybody have this kind of faith in this house this Sunday morning? If it's you, come and shout yes. Oh, you don't fully grasp how great this woman's faith was because the truth be told, by legality, she had no right to this miracle. She was not an Israelite. But worse than that, Jesus had not yet died and Jesus had not yet risen from the dead. Neither had Paul yet been commissioned to take the gospel to the Gentiles. So this was many years before she could have a legal standing to claim the miracle. But she had such great faith that she demanded for a miracle uh, that was still far in the future. So her faith went uh, all the way into the future, went to the cross, went into the tomb, went to his resurrection and laid hold upon the finished work that was not yet finished and drew it back into her present. This is such a great faith. Uh, if you hear me what I'm saying and you believe me what I'm saying, come on, shout yeah! So great faith. The subject of my meditation this Sunday morning is so great faith. Ask your neighbor, do you have so great faith? Do you have so great faith? Mighty Father, I ask that you send the anointing that makes preaching, teaching, sharing your truth easy. That you cause my tongue to be as the pen of the ready writer. That I might describe upon the hearts of the men and women that are listening to me your living truth. And that by reason of that truth will be elevated to a new level of experience with you. Lord, cause faith to fill this house. Not just any faith, but so great faith. In Jesus' mighty name, we do pray. And the people said aloud, amen. amen. Once again, come and shout glory to God. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Blessed be God. This is our month of great faith. The word of God says in the book of Romans in chapter 1 and verse 17b, for the just shall live by faith. Galatians chapter 3 and verse 11, for the just shall live by faith. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 38, for the just shall live by faith. Habakkuk chapter 2 and verse 4b, for the just shall live by his faith. So for the believer, faith is not option, optional. There is no other way for the believer to live but by faith. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 7, 
For we walk by faith and not by sight. Hallelujah. This is how we walk. This is how we live. This is what defines us as believers. Believers believe. Believers walk and live by faith. We are meant to look at things through the eyes of faith. Woo, hallelujah. Uh, so we don't see things as what they are. We see things as what they could be. Because we are looking through the eyes of faith. Help me ask your neighbor, how have you been looking at things? How have, been, how have you been looking at your situation? How have you been looking at your circumstance? Have you been looking through the eyes of faith? Are you just looking at it as it is? Or are you looking at it as what it could be? Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6, it says, For without faith it is impossible to please God. You cannot please God without faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he who comes unto him must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. There is no pleasing God without faith. That you have faith even before the result appears has already pleased God. God is happy with those that choose to believe him. In fact, he says in the book of Proverbs and chapter 16 and verse 7 that when a, a man's way pleases the Lord, he will cause even his enemies to be at peace with him. What are the ways of a man that pleases the Lord? Well, according to Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6, the ways of a man that pleases the Lord are the ways of faith. When you walk by faith, it causes God to be pleased in you and he will cause even your enemies to be at peace with you. In that same verse, Hebrews 11 and verse 6, it tells you two key things that he expects you to believe and exercise your faith in. It says that faith believes that God is. Somebody say God is. You've got to believe that God is. Not just that God was, not just that God is going to be, or it, he is he who is to come. You've got to believe that he is. What does that mean? That means you believe that he is right now available. In this house, at this very hour, in this very moment, at this very time, he is. He's our ever-present help in the time of need. He is. God is. You must believe that he is. That means you've got to believe that he's available. Right now he is. He says not just that you believe that he is, you've also got to believe that he's a rewarder. Woo! He's a rewarder. You've got to believe that God is a rewarder. Hallelujah. He's not unrighteous to forget your labor of love and the many seeds that you have sown in your walk with God so far. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 10 says that he will reward you. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 35 lets us know that we should not cast away our confidence or our faith, which has great reward. Our God is a rewarder. Hallelujah. Can I prophesy it like I feel it? I see rewards coming your way even in this month of June in the name of Jesus. He's bringing reward into your space. Rewards are going to overflow. Your seeds sown are going to bring great harvest in this month of suddenlies in the mighty name of Jesus. Grace is the giver. Faith is the receiver. 
It is one thing for something to be given. It's another thing for it to be received. From God's perspective, he gives all things by his grace. But the only way you receive what he has given is by faith. The regret many people will have when they get to heaven and they'll be shedding tears that God will have to wipe away is that God will show them the many things he had given but they never received. Because the only way you receive is by faith. Without faith, you can't receive what grace gives. So 1 John chapter 5 and verse 4 says, uh, He that is born of God, for whatever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even your faith, even our faith. Uh, so from this verse, we see that faith is synonymous with victory. Faith is synonymous with victory. If faith is synonymous with victory, that means that little faith is synonymous with little victories. And that also means that great faith is synonymous with great victories. Can I prophesy to somebody that I see great victories coming in your life, in your situation, in your circumstance, even in this month, in the mighty name of Jesus. Often while Jesus was walking on the face of the earth with his disciples and interacting with people, he would classify faith in levels or by its presence or absence. So in some situations, he referred to no faith, where faith is totally absent. In other situations, he would speak of little faith. And then in other scenarios, he would exclaim about great faith. Now, you must understand that the level of your faith is not really talking about the size of your faith, because even if you have faith as small as a mustard seed with no doubt in your heart, you'll be able to achieve the impossible. So the level of your faith is less about size and more about strength. Uh, can I prophesy once again, this Sunday morning, I see your faith moving up levels in this month, in the name of Jesus, where you had lost faith before, the embers of faith are going to start to simmer, and then it will soon burst into flame, and then it's going to turn into a blazing furnace of great faith. I see you moving from no faith through little faith to great faith. If it's you I'm prophesying to this Sunday morning, come and shout, yeah! The woman in our text was ascribed to have so great faith. This woman had evidently heard about Jesus and came looking for her miracle. She was a Syrophoenician woman. She, 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 she was definitely a woman of faith because when she came, she didn't even come with the daughter for whom she had come to plead for a divine intervention. She obviously had the type of faith that even without her daughter being physically present there for Jesus to do something to her or with her, she had the type of faith of the centurion who said, send your word only. 
She had that type of faith that uh, all, I, all Jesus needs to do, he would do something. Even without my daughter being physically here. Even you that's on Facebook and YouTube right now, you're not physically here. God's hand is not shortened that it cannot save. Neither, neither is his hairs. Death of hearing, he's able to still reach you exactly where you are. This is the type of faith that she had that Jesus could still turn around the situation of her daughter even without her daughter being present. So she had faith in the words of Jesus. Speak the word only. She was both audacious and tenacious. <laughs> she had audacity and tenacity because great faith requires both. Great faith requires that you are both audacious and tenacious. <laughs> Audacity is asking for the incredulous or the seemingly impossible. The audacity to, for a, a Canaanite woman, somebody outside the commonwealth of Israel, to come to Jesus and start asking for a miracle. Tenacity is to not yield to every rebuff. Now, some people have audacity, uh, but they don't have tenacity. Uh, once they face an obstacle, uh, once they face that first rebuff, uh, that first pushback, they fold up and they give up. But not this woman. Great faith has both audacity and tenacity. It has a never say die spirit. It will hold on and say, I ain't going to take no for an answer. She reminds me of that persistent widow in the book of Luke and chapter 18 who would not take no for an answer. And at the end of that particular story where Jesus was admonishing us that men ought always to pray and not to faint, he, he exclaimed that when the Son of Man returns, will he still find this kind of audacious and tenacious faith upon the earth? Well, Jesus, hear me this Sunday morning when you're May you find that kind of faith still in me. Is there anybody like me under the sound of my voice that wants to make sure that when Jesus returns, he'll still find you with audacious and tenacious faith? If it's you and you agree, come and show yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Initially, when this woman pursued Jesus, listen to the way the scripture put it. He said that, Jesus answered her not a word. In other words, Jesus ignored her. She's crying, she's talking, she's shouting. Jesus is going about his business like he can't hear none. That's bad enough already. You know how it is. How you're greeting somebody, talking to somebody, and the person just walks on. Like, are you deaf? Is it not you I'm talking to? Jesus answered her not a word. He ignored her. Has anybody ever felt like God was ignoring 
them? Are there any real people under the sound of my voice this Sunday morning that just feel that every once in a while it just feels like I'm talking but God ain't hearing? I know you, you don't want to admit, but every once in a while I feel like that. Sometimes I feel like, uh, God, is this how you're going to be watching me till I finish? Is this, is this how you're going to be, until everything collapses around me? Is this, exa- is this what you're going to be doing? Are you not going to intervene in my matter? Forgive me, I had to go back to my roots a little bit. But this woman kept on keeping on. Her badgering became so embarrassing that the disciples, uh, feeling a bit uncomfortable, asked Jesus to do something about it. But Jesus insisted that she was outside his covenant reach. Uh, But she persisted. She would not take no for an answer. He finally told her that the children's bread was not meant for dogs. Dogs, dogs, yeah. You know, I think that Jesus must have some links to the British, you know. Um, because you know, you know how we British are. We don't, we don't give you straight in your face insults, you know. We just weave a statement. And if you understand the statement, you understand what we are saying. Am I talking to anybody here? I know that some people don't get it because they have to go home first and then they're sleeping at night and then they wake up around 2 a.m. And they realize that what that guy said to you in the store, oh my goodness, he insulted me. You know, that's how we know how to weave our insults and clothe them so well that if you're not discerning, you wouldn't even know you are being insulted. Uh, so Jesus says that it is not, it is not reasonable for us to give the bread of the children to the dogs. This woman was sharp. She knew what was being said. She knew she was being called a dog. Hey! You know, there are few insults or abuses that are quite as poignant as being called a dog. She was being called a dog. Oh my goodness. Now, 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 like I said earlier, this is where most of us will say, okay, I draw the line here. I'm okay with you ignoring me, pretending I ain't here. But when you go beyond ignoring me and decide to classify me as a dog, that, well, that's where I draw the line. I ain't taking this no more. But this woman, this woman with so great faith, This audacious and tenacious woman was not going to be deterred by the insult, but pressed on regardless of the insult. In other words, listen, listen, listen closely. She was not going to let pride rob her of her miracle. The root of the perception of an insult is self-consciousness of who I am. 
Most insults would not be insulted if we did not have pride. It's because of pride that insults are insults. It's because of self-awareness. This woman was not going to allow pride or a sense of self-importance rob her of her miracle. Ah, she was saying, you might call me a dog if you like, but I'm still going to get what I came here to get. Is there anybody like that under the sound of my voice? Even dogs eat of the crumbs that fall from the master's table. Oh my goodness. It was a test and she was passing this test with flying colors. Jesus had to stop. He turned around astonished at her so great faith and she, he spoke the word and her daughter was healed in that very same hour. I believe God that as your faith arises beyond pride this Sunday morning you are going to receive your miracle in this very same hour. If you believe it, shout amen. amen. But before we examine the so great faith of this woman a little bit further, let's consider the revelation that is embedded in the exchange between Jesus and the woman. Um, because the, the subject of their conversation was about bread and crumbs. Bread and crumbs. That's what they were talking about. This conversation was about bread and crumbs. And this conversation was the conversation that finally led to a miracle. Um, bread, bread. Does anybody like bread under the sound of my voice? Anybody like bread? Yeah, yeah. One of the first things that my wife discovered about me early in marriage is that I like bread. I like bread. I like bread. I mean, it was a shock to her when she initially married me because I could eat bread morning, afternoon, and night, you know, I was ready to eat bread at any point in time. Particularly, you know, in West Africa, there's this bread, the way we do bread. It's, it's not this bread that I see in Tesco and all this, no, 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 no. There, there, there's this can, there's this bread, you know? It is so, it's so soft, it's so, it's so succulent. It comes from a certain part of Lagos State. It's called a gege bread. Oh my goodness, that bread, that bread can, can make you backslide. That, that bread can make you uh, deny all sorts of things just, just for that bread. I, I like, I like, I like, I like bread. I like bread, I like bread, yeah. Anybody like bread like me? I know the sound of my voice, you know, you, you like bread, you like bread, yeah. Like bread. But, 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 as I've grown and a little bit more now, I've had to cut down on, on bread, you know. You know, when you are younger, and if you are young, enjoy your youth, your metabolic rate is working at hyperdrive and just burning everything that enters. But when you enter a particular stage, it's like that metabolic rate just slows down a little bit. Then you have to govern it by reducing certain things you are challenging your system with. Is anybody hearing me what I'm talking about? All right, let's get back to the word of God, okay? So, I like bread. But I want to believe that Jesus liked bread too. Oh, oh yes, because when I study Jesus' life, I find that he spoke about bread quite often. Oh yes, in the book of John chapter 6, six, he even went as far as to say that he was bread. 
the, the bread of, of life that comes from heaven and gives life to the world. In fact, he, he was so provocative talking about bread that he said that even my flesh is bread indeed. Oh, Jesus, what are you talking about? Uh, Jesus, I remember him saying uh, that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. But the word that proceeds out of the mouth of God is bread. It's just a different type of bread. It's called the living bread. Oh, yes. Uh, so even the words that replace natural bread are spiritual bread. It is the same Jesus that taught us to pray, give us this day our what? Daily bread. Uh, yeah, so I, I think Jesus liked bread. Uh, at the Last Supper, Jesus took bread and he broke it and he gave it to them and told them that they should do this in remembrance of him, which we are going to do this Sunday morning. It seems as if bread played a central role even in Jesus' life and ministry. Even after his resurrection, he was walking to Emmaus with two disciples that did not recognize that it was him and he went into their home and it was when he broke bread that their eyes were open to realize that it was him and then he was taken out of their presence. So bread is essential for life. Bread is a substance. And in our text, Jesus talks about the children's bread. The children's bread. What is the children's bread? Well, in this context, it is evident that the children's bread is healing and deliverance. <laughs> uh, Jesus, ah, uh, Jesus is the children's bread. Oh, Jesus, help me. I wonder, I asked him, why did you classify it as children's bread? And he said that I classified it as children's bread because you have to approach me with childlike faith. For you cannot enter the kingdom without childlike faith that chooses to believe God's word against all odds. And if you are a child of God, that means that you have a right to the children's bread. Do I have any children of God under the sound of my voice this Sunday morning? Well, if it's you, the children's bread is yours. Come and shout, yeah! From our text, apparently the children's bread is healing. So I take a sidestep and I pray for anybody ahead of time, even before we go to the communion table, that's struggling with one sickness, disease, or the other, that this morning, in the name of Jesus, you will receive your healing in Jesus' mighty name. Ah, yes. The children's bread is available in the house today. Uh, but once again, let's take a slight side step and examine the actions of another woman uh, with similar audacity and tenacity as this Seraphonician woman. Uh, this other woman was the woman with the issue of blood. Yeah, this woman. I think they must be related in the spirit somewhere because their actions are so similar. This woman with the issue of blood for 12 years had heard of Jesus and said within herself, if I may but touch uh, his garment, I shall be made 
hold. She had been locked in a cycle of missed opportunities for 12 long years. She was drained, tired, and had spent all of her livelihood, but she was not just going to lay down and die. She heard of Jesus, and faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So she said within herself, oh yeah, let me stop there for a moment. She said within herself, help me ask your neighbor, what are you saying within yourself? Oh yes, uh, what you say to yourself is more important than what anybody is saying to you. What you say to yourself is defining your belief or your lack of belief. Are you hearing me what I'm saying? What are you saying to yourself? Uh, your self-talk is critical. What are you talking yourself out of? Or what are you talking yourself into? Where is your faith talk? For we believe, therefore we speak. If you believe, you've got to speak. But the speaking starts with what you say to yourself. This woman said to herself within herself, if I must may but touch his garment, I shall be made whole. Okay? So she had made up her mind. This is the action of faith I'm going to take. And so she now wanted to access Jesus. But Jesus was surrounded by a multitude. So she could not have easy access to him. The scripture says that she came behind him in the press. Oh yes. The multitude was surrounding Jesus. She couldn't touch Jesus easily. Ah, but And the truth be told, she wasn't even meant to be close to any multitude. Because the law demanded that since she had that kind of issue, she had to announce from a distance, I got this issue. Ah, but this girl was going to break all protocol. Just like the Syrophoenician woman. I'm going to get what I need to get. So she got down on her hands and her knees and started to crawl towards Jesus. She wasn't going to let nothing stop her. Like I've illustrated multiple times. As she was crawling, somebody stamped on her hand and pain seared down her, her, her spine. And for a moment, for a millisecond, she thought of stopping to engage the person that stamped on her hand and said, why did you stamp on me? Why did you back? Why, why did you kill? Why did you? Why? But she realized what I'm going through is more important than any perceived offense, ridicule, or insult. You might call me a dog, but I ain't gonna let that stop me. She kept on moving, and finally she got through, and she said, if I can just get a crumb, oh no, sorry, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. She did, and she was. She too had so great faith. Now, when she touched Jesus, the scripture tells us that Jesus stopped and called out and asked, who touched me? 
And his disciples looked at Jesus incredulously and said, how can you be asking who touched you when the whole multitude is thronging you? The whole multitude is touching you. Ah, yeah. But Jesus said this touch was different. This was not the touch of familiarity which brings contempt. This was not the touch of religiosity. This was not a ceremonial touch. This was a discerning touch full of so great faith. You see, in most of Jesus' miracles, Jesus' will had to be actively engaged in the process of the miracle. But this was one miracle that Jesus was, was not aware of. He was going about his own business. So it had nothing to do with Jesus' will. It had everything to do with this woman's will and her so great Ah, so this woman, how did she get to this point? She had heard about Jesus's healing miracles. Oh, she had heard how Jesus laid hands upon the blind eyes and the eyes was, were opened. She had heard how four friends brought a paralytic to Jesus through the roof and Jesus raised that paralytic from his paralytic bed. She had heard about how he cleansed lepers of leprosy. She had heard about how he delivered two and more demon-possessed people. She had heard about how she healed Peter's mother-in-law simply by touching her. So she had been hearing story after story. And as she was hearing story after story, she finally came to a revelation and to a conclusion. She caught an illumination. She deduced that if he could lay hands on the sick and they were healed and then the anointing that healed the sick was in and on his body. Oh yes. So she remembered that in Psalms 133 it says how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Uh, it is like the precious oil, the anointing oil upon the head running down the beard to the, the beard of Aaron. Even running down to the edge of the garment. Are you hearing me what I'm saying? Uh, the same anointing on the head reaches the hem of the garment. And because of this revelation, she concluded, I don't need to touch his body. I don't need to touch his head. I don't need to touch his trunk. All I need is to touch something that is touching him. All I need is to touch the hem of his garment because the same anointing that's on the head is also running all the way down to the hem of the garment. If I can just touch the hem of his garment, if I can just have a crumb, <laughs> I will be made whole. So she had rightly discerned his Body. So her touch was not a touch of familiarity, religiosity, or, or contempt. It was a touch of discernment. It was a touch of great faith. And she got, got her miracle. So now we move back from the, issue, the woman with the issue of blood to the Syrophoenician woman. And our Syrophoenician woman said, even the little drugs eat of the crumbs that fall from the master's table. So this woman 
also had discernment. This woman also understood something. This woman also had caught a revelation. I'm coming to the conclusion and I'm bringing it home. She understood that whatever was in the loaf was also in the crumbs. She understood that whatever was in the loaf was also in the crumb. I don't know whether you hear me this Sunday morning. She understood that the same anointing on the head flows down to the hem of the garment. She understood that the same sugar in the loaf was the same sugar in the crumb. <laughs> she understood uh, that the same butter in the loaf was the same butter in the crumb. She understood that the same flour in the loaf was the same flour in the crumb. She understood that the same egg in the loaf was the same egg in the crumb. She understood that whatever was in the loaf, was also in the crumb. So she understood that I don't need the loaf. Don't give me the loaf. Just give me the crumb. Because whatever is in the crumb is also in the loaf. All I need is a crumb. Somebody tap your neighbor say, give me a crumb, give me a crumb. I don't need your loaf, just a crumb. Just let me touch the hem of his garment. And this is the clincher. This is the key point you must realize that this woman had so great faith. But guess what? Her so great faith was premised upon a great revelation. The key to so great faith is a revelation of the truth of God's word that you hold on to irrevocably. We're going to the communion table today and Paul has already taught us that there is great power at this communion table and it has whew, nothing to do with your worthiness or your unworthiness. It has everything to do with your discernment of the, the finished work that the table represents. Many people can partake of this table religiously, familiarly, and not get the power in it, because just like the multitude, they are just thronging. But somebody will partake with discernment and with faith, and it would unlock the anointing of God upon their life. Is anybody hearing me what I'm saying? This woman understood that what was in the loaf was also in the crumb. <laughs> if there's salvation in the bread of life, then there's salvation in the crumbs. If there's prosperity in the bread of life, then there's prosperity in the crumbs. If there is peace in the bread of life, then there's peace in the crumbs. If there is divine direction in the bread of life, then there's the divine direction in the crumbs. If there is favor in the bread of life, then there is favor in the crumbs. If there are answers in the bread of life, then there are answers in the crumbs. If there's wisdom in the bread of life, then there's wisdom in the crumbs. If there's promotion in the bread of life, then there's promotion in the crumbs. If there's healing in the bread of life, then there's healing in the crumbs. Whatever is in the bread of life 
is available to you today, here and now, even at the communion table. So great faith. We're going to talk more about great faith as this month progresses. Ooh, great faith is premised on great revelation. Great understanding and grasp of the truth. It's interesting that two of the people that Jesus ascribed great faith to in the Bible were people that were outside the commonwealth of Israel. They were people that were not familiar. But if you check them, they grasped the truth. They grasped the revelation. They held on to the revelation and said, on the premise of this, you must do this. What word are you holding to, holding on to? What revelation have you grasped? You don't need many, actually. All you need is one. One word can turn your whole life around. Father, we bless you. Father, we give you the glory, we give you the honor. Father, we thank you for the children's bread that's available to us today. We thank you for everything that grace gives. And today we receive what grace gives by faith, by faith. Thank you for the finished work. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Just before we go to the communion table, I want to give an opportunity for anybody under the sound of my voice that has not yet accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, whether you're on Facebook or YouTube or you're physically in this building. This is your moment. Do not neglect, neglect so great a day of salvation. So if you're ready to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, please repeat these words of prayer after me. Lord Jesus, thank you for the price you paid Thank you for giving your life for me. Today, I repent of my sin and I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. I believe with my heart, I confess with my mouth, so by faith, I am born again. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. If you prayed that prayer, we're so excited. We welcome you into the body of Christ. We welcome you into the house of God. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. I want to help you to grow in the Lord from being a child to becoming a mature son of God. So if you prayed that prayer, please get in touch with us. Direct message us on any of our social media platforms. Send us an email in the church office or follow the pathway on our website and we will be there to help you to grow in the Lord. We hope you've enjoyed this uplifting sermon from House on the Rock Church, the London Lighthouse. We hope you've been informed and inspired. 
join us for services every Wednesday and Sunday. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook at HOTR London. Also, live stream our services on YouTube at HOTR London. For more information, visit our website on hotr.org.uk.